practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Alright guys, welcome to part two, hunker number six. Let's give a clap to our healthcare workers. Whoop, whoop. Alright baby, we're back. I think we're finishing up the quiz. Casey, you are up by one by my last account. Casey's Corona, yes. Henning, your Corona boned thus far, but you can bring it back. You I got you. T- I got closer to your temperature though. Oh, where's my point for that? Oh, but Casey That's dinged true. all of the states last time. Oh, okay, fine. All, yeah, he's maybe. about he's about ten ahead. Then. Are those your taxes? They uh, shit. I remember <laughs> how last week I was like, we're halfway through the quiz. I got mm-hmm. like one question left. But it's a long one. Oh, wait. I can make it two. But we already said it. What? You said it now. Pop it in the... What is the... No, live. What is the normal (laughs) healthy human temperature? What is the exact number? What do we say? 98.6? You aced it, Hans. 98.6. That is correct. But what is technically considered a fever? Shit. Hmm. It's like 99.5? 98 something? Henny, that's a that's a 70s rock station. <laughs> 99.5. Also you a number. You got a Viva. What did you say, Casey? I said like 98. That's under the normal temperature. <laughs> oh, you said fever, not colder. No, no, I didn't say, are you running a colder? <laughs> oh, I got a case of the colders. Which can be bad. That's called hypothermia. Um, but, uh, God. What did Henning say? 90, I, yeah, like. Henning said 99.5. 99. Welcome 5. to Caroni and the Tony. I mean, I feel like 100's too high. I'm going to go 100. Okay. Price is right. Uh, Caron, yes, Casey. It is 100.4 is technically considered a fever. So everybody out there, remember, know your body, be safe, be right. If you're not feeling well, take your temp, but don't panic if you're 98.9. Wait, you know what? Actually, everybody reverse that rewind. Don't listen to me about anything medically (laughs) ever. Totally just scratch that out. I have zero advice to anybody except for be super safe and I would say know your body. Do your thing. Alright, guys. Final question. <laughs> Name this individual and please answer in the form of a question. And let me get through it. Um, this person disbanded the national team in charge of, in charge of the pandemic response or in charge of pandemic responses all the way back in April of 2018 okay around this same time this individual cut the budget for the center for disease control and prevention in the spring of 2018 this person stated on national tv that he had a hunch that scientific projections of death rates of this pandemic, it's got to be less than they're saying. Mm-hmm. Let's see. This person on national TV bragged about being number one on Facebook. That's nice. <laughs> thought you should know. Um, this person. When did he do that? Announced 
that the CDC is now recommending that everybody wear face masks in public, but that he won't wear one because uh, I don't think it would be um, very presidential or look good meeting kings behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office. It's a recommendation. It's a recommendation. Um, And finally, Mm -hmm. this person on March 17th stated that I felt it was a pandemic long before it was a pandemic. But previous to that, on January 22nd, it's one person in China. We have it under control. January 30th. I can assure you we're working closely with China. We have it very well under control. February 10th. We're in great shape. A lot of people think it'll go away in April. February 14th. In April, when it gets warm, it's like warm kills the virus. February 26th. We're given... We're going substantially down, not up. February 27th, it's going to disappear. One day, it's a miracle. It'll disappear. March 4th, we have a very small number of people. We have a very small number of people, but it's a big country. Small numbers, big country. Think about that. Uh, March 4th, 3.4% death rate. It's got to be false numbers. Those numbers were reported by the World Health Organization. March 9th, last year, 37,000 deaths from the common flu, 22 deaths coronavirus. 37,000, common flu, 22 deaths corona. Think about that. March 10th, stay calm, it'll go away. That person was, is... Barack Obama. Barack Hussein Obama, of course. Barack George W. Bush Hoover Obama. <laughs> And for a bonus, this person recently estimated that at its best, the United States will now experience, at its best uh, in using social distancing and recommendations, the United States will experience 100,000 to 240,000 deaths due to the coronavirus. Our proud, proud leader, Donald J. Trump. Oh, it's my man, Dr. Always, Tony always Fauci. Corona Fauci. I was going to say Scaramucci, but that's the wrong guy. He's hmm? the nation's leading infectious disease expert who's now being fetishized by somebody's making a dildal out of him right now. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, all right. So you both got that one wrong. You got Trump right, but boards are wiped. Steve Harvey style. This is the bonus. You finish the joke, you win. Who hoards toilet paper? Stinkers. That's a question. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I like stinkers. <laughs> Henning, Germans you, you might always not get prepared. it right, but if you can beat Casey with stinkers, a... <laughs> I'll give you a wink. Germans. Uh, assholes fellas assholes holding toilet paper we're all gonna die all right casey you get credit for stinkers henning i didn't realize you weren't watching the news casey you're the corona king henning you don't wear the crown you don't wear the corona crown which is what embeds (laughs) itself into your lung tissue (laughs) the crown of disease floating around my very crown-like structure terrible terrible mask <sighs> that's that's the quiz as of up to date fellas jokes trues or falses joe average yeah 
Casey, you were telling me uh, some of that. Hold on. Sorry, I got a call. Let me end it. Uh, Casey, you were telling me that some of, um, based on that quiz, which got a little dark, you had some uh, good, some good plague news? Something well, bright? Well, I had a, a thing. I heard about it through a, a, a book. Um, and it was basically, we'll just start, it's, we'll just get into it. Uh, the Black Plague, as we know it, was present somewhere in Europe every year between the year 1346 and 1671. So the Black Plague just floated around and was ever present in Europe for nearly 300 years. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the Plague returned to London a few times during... Oh, I guess I should tell you. It's about Shakespeare. It's called Shakespeare versus the Black Death. All right, all right. Or oh, Shakespeare oh. in the time of the plague. Okay, Casey, real quick. I don't want to. I don't want to derail you, but since you mentioned Shakespeare, I was just wondering if you know the difference between COVID nineteen and Romeo and Juliet. No. Hmm. One's the coronavirus, and the other is a Verona crisis. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> just nice one. We're all going to die. All right. Go for it, Case. So I was saying, like, I th- maybe we joked about it on the podcast before, but due to the, you know, the quarantine, people locked in their homes, we're all artistic people. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd get a lot more creative work done, but it turns out that is not the case. Because stressful times do not necessarily elicit, like, jolts of beautiful creativity. On that note, Because you're case- busy... Raising your children and like cleaning your house. But Casey, you did something awesome based on that. While you mm-hmm. might be absent of a creative period, you just made some content available for everybody out there. You should tell them where to get it. Oh, right? yes. If you go to uh, personofmeritcomics.com, go to the, the store. You can download uh, the comic book I wrote, The Civil Four, mm-hmm. in which Lincoln survives the assassination and forms The Civil Four. Which is himself, Johnny Appleseed, Harriet Tubman, and Ulysses S. Grant. Amazing. Uh, it's a colorized version. It's free. Okay. It's a PDF. Casey, are you? If they Thanks, go on Casey. there and they like it, are uh, are you shipping out comics? Or are you holding off? Uh, uh, I can if someone comics? wants to. I can. Yeah. Okay. There's actually a, a post office down the street. And are... Verno's listening. I still got to send Verno some comics. He ordered them. Is there uh, okay? Uh, is there a uh... Do you, are there more downloads available on the website if you want to download, like for purchase? Uh, there will be soon. I, okay. I just kind of figured it out, and this was the first test run. Hopefully, cool. there'll be more fun, random, downloadable things. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing um, that. Coming up, of course. Uh, so yes, anyway, like so yes, we had talked about like being creative in in times like this in quarantine. And, like how there's going to be a lot of crappy novels and a lot of crappy screenplays floating around for sure when all is said and done, which ended up leading down this rabbit hole of, of Shakespeare. Okay. Um, like I said, the plague was persistent in Europe for 300 years. Um, the plague popped up during Shakespeare's life twice, once when he was a kid. And then again, um, between 1603 and 1611. Oh, I didn't know that was, I didn't know it had waves like that. Yeah, yeah, that I didn't know that either until I started researching that it just sort of floated around until like and then the reasons I have a couple reasons nobody really knows why the the what was called the black plague went away. Sure. 
some of the theories were that the the Great London Fire burned down all of the wood buildings and all of the shitty housing. Henning, so where quote the sickest people would live. Henning, can you animate a germ hmm. fighting a um, raging fire, please? <laughs> wouldn't that only that? <laughs> wouldn't that only save London? Yeah, no. Th- this was. That one in particular was London, so the fire burned down everything and they rebuilt everything out of brick. Mm. So it's sort of like the cultural evolution of building kind of could have tamped it down as people start, cities, urban areas started using brick. Rats had less places to hide. Uh, Makes sense. uh, Well, I just got an idea to take care of this plague right now, then. You're going to build a wall? (laughs) No, I'm going to burn a few wood houses down. (laughs) <laughs> Henning, go downtown Portland and light some tents on fire. There you go. No more Corona. No, no more Corona, baby. That was dark. Sorry. Uh, Don't go. One down. of the other th- people believe, Don't like, do that. because okay. it popped around for three hundred years, people just became immune, like herd sure. immunity. Yeah. What people are thinking about coronavirus? Yep. People evolved. Yeah. Immune uh, systems evolved. Improved nutrition made people more resilient so people got healthier ate better uh they washed their dildals between yeah exactly that's well that's the next one like the implementation of like modern urban sanitation and personal cleanliness use use a stone one not a wood yeah (laughs) too much i know the stone one is rough oh you guys i used but uh, you gotta for to stop the spread not to, on that note, Casey, because of toilet paper, I saw an article today mm-hmm. about what did people do before toilet paper? And it gates back along. One was literally they used to make clay plates, so you'd scrape your asshole with a clay plate. Um, in Japan yes. and different areas there, they had like a wooden like scrape stick. The worst one I saw was, of course, take it back to the Grecians, the Greeks, excuse me, they used a communal like sponge on a stick, so it was like a wipe stick. So you just, just one sponge, guys. Like they're in the ocean, you could just go down and get them. Oh man! So yeah, it was a communal sponge stick. So sorry, that's Ooh. let's let's all remember to be thankful for the toilet paper when we get it. Uh, one of the other things was uh, modern the, germ theory. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Tougher rats. New rat species came in, oh. killed all the rats that carried the bubonic plague fleas. Nat- uh, nature finds a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarantine methods improved in the 17th century. And then the last one was possibly some rats just developed an immunity to the fleas. Right, so they didn't spread it. And then they the, never brought them. So that's how possibly the Black Plague went away. But getting back into the Shakespeare thing... Um, because plague, they would have plague years because it would come back. So it's like, ah, fuck, we gotta plague. pack it up, lock it up. Uh, yeah. In uh, in the play Romeo and Juliet, at the time when it was written, it wasn't super popular. But okay. at the time, people were making plays about the plague because it was so prevalent. And I didn't know this about Romeo and Juliet. Uh, towards the end, when the two there's that friar that yep with the poppies. Yeah. Has the has the plan and has the potion, and he's like, "We're going to deliver the letters." Uh, the reason he 
Spoilers. Yes, indeed, spoilers. But the reason Romeo doesn't get the letter is because he was in quarantine. So he couldn't take the letter to... So there's a conversation between Friar Lawrence and Friar John in the line that Friar John has after being asked, did you deliver the to Romeo? Towards the end, it's suspecting that we both were in a house where the infection uh, pestilence did rain, sealed up, sealed up the doors and would not let us forth so that my speed to Mantua there was stayed. So the guy couldn't leave. He gave him gave his buddy the letter to go, and the guy couldn't go. Interesting. So that is uh, the actual villain of Romeo and Juliet. So social distancing is is actually then. corrupting high art right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to be together. Ruining relationships? Can I say this, guys? That's actually super... That's such a great, like, avenue to go down, like, what influences like what dark periods influence certain things that you wouldn't think of like plot points yeah. and stuff how many people in new york you think are still using grinder prevalently oh it's still or what else are you gonna do right now yeah pick up a six-pack and go to some guy's house i was gonna say that you can pick up a six-pack and go on zoom and get drunk with people it's the same shit yeah. but you mm-hmm. can't you know Unless you're hookling like a hookling like an electric dildoll up to the keyboard for a little buzz yeah. job, I got a feeling there's. Some... Oh yeah, the old pulsers you'd plug into the side of your yeah your USB pul- port. <laughs> I don't know. That's the one itch you can't scratch if you're. Oh, that's 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 yeah. hard to think about. Sorry. Uh. So yeah, the end of, like, uh, Romeo and Juliet had like a gotcha for the audiences at the time. And they're like, the, oh, what right, they would, the plague's going on. Fuck, okay. They loved it. They loved Here the reference to current would... events. No, exactly. Like, it was like a really good episode of uh, SVU or something. Like, a, <laughs> one of those TV shows. That's it was so like ripped cool. from the headlines. Um, so, yeah, but uh, from the beginning of 1605 to the end of 1606, scholars believe that Shakespeare wrote... So, this is under quarantine. So, he's... They're kind of locking down the city. So in the year, like I said, between 1605 and 1606, Shakespeare wrote King Lear, Macbeth, and Antony and Cleopatra. So his ass is writing the bad novels in his bedroom alone? Yeah, dude. Oh. Uh, literary scholars, like the old rule of thumb was like, oh, Shakespeare, because he wrote this many plays and he lived this wrong, he wrote two plays a year. Which wasn't true. Right. Which turns out wasn't true. Um. During 1606, which was a plague year that closed London's playhouses and forced Shakespeare's acting company, the Kingsmen, to get creative about performances. As they traveled the English countryside, stopping in rural towns that had not been stricken by the plague. Like, can you imagine just fucking, you got to job it, got to leave London and go do your shows and like shithole. Like, it's like being a road comic. Oh, yeah. Um, Shakespeare felt that his... uh, time would be of better use writing. Um, this meant that his days were free for the first time since 1590 to collaborate with other playwrights. So he said, fuck it, I'm not doing the tour. I'm going back to the city. And he just, like... I'm gonna hang out with Marlowe's drunk ass. Yeah, and just fucking riffed and talked. and um, So, yeah, he wrote in spurts. And part of the reason for his success, um, because it killed all of his competition. Oh my god, of course. So he was at home writing. Other people are out touring in towns that may or may not have the plague. They're getting sick. Also, one thing I didn't realize at the time, 
uh, they tended to use younger actors, like children, in plays. So adults would write plays and the cast would be kids or younger people. The plague wiped out all of these kids. So old dogs like Shakespeare get to like, oh, well, I guess. Here we go. And they, what people don't realize is in Shakespeare's play, when they were putting on those plays, they didn't allow women on stage. So all those parts were played by men as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they stepped up. Uh, He got the primo stages. He got his, everybody else died. So it's just one of those things. Like it was just a matter of right place, right time. I smell a sequel to the diary of Anne Frank. Who was her neighbor? Chad or something? Chad. Oh God. Yeah. What was it? God damn. Count Dooku in his diary. So you have like, you know, she's gun for arms. They, you go into it like what many people don't know is Shakespeare actually had a contemporary, which many believed his works much surpassed Shakespeare's um, plays. I now give you excerpts from Chad Spear. Who, Chad Buggins. Who unfortunately, we've unearthed, yeah, we've unearthed his plays. Yeah. Because unfortunately he died of the Black Plague in 1609. And then it's like, oh Romeo, after, where Romeo, After where visiting Shakespeare's Globe <laughs> Theater. Well, there are a couple theories that you know, there's always the theories that persist oh, yeah. that Shakespeare Wasn't didn't write anything. Right. He just stole everything. But if you think about it, at the time, and because the plague had popped up when he was an infant, people suspect he may have had immunity. So he was he could oh. have possibly been going around hanging out with playwrights and actors, and they're all riffing. He has the mm-hmm. worst ideas. All the guys with good ideas get the fucking black plague and die. He just stuffs all their notebooks in his He's fucking satchel. Chad. He's Chad. That's the twist. The one theory. Chad Muggins is Shakespeare the whole time. The one theory about Shakespeare that I was like, man, that's pretty good. But the way I debunk it, and I'll go Tarantino style to it, I debunk it because they're like, Shakespeare would have to be a genius. So that's why he can't exist. I'm like, have you read Shakespeare? He's a genius. Like, what are you talking about? He's the definition of literary genius. But they're saying. The real shape. If you follow who they say historically Shakespeare mm-hmm. is, he was born into an impoverished family at a time where you don't get an education whatsoever. You don't even get a book mm-hmm. if you're born into yeah. his class. So they're like, yeah, how re- could learning he have, to read is a luxury? Where did he learn to read? How did he learn such florid language? You know, like when did all this happen? Like mm-hmm. for him to even establish himself? You know, because eventually historically it's proven that he is in the queen's court and he made his way that way which is pretty astonishing as well but like yeah just to like build that malcolm gladwell ten thousand hours like where did that come from if he was tilling potatoes you know what i mean yeah but i guess it have to do with like abe lincoln style i guess he was teach yourself writing on an old wood plank and then Mm -hmm. scraping it off so, I mean, it wasn't the most uplifting thing, but hey, man, something good's going to come out. A lot of crappy stuff, but hey, we're um, already... one of us will make our King Lear. I'm with you, Casey. I, uh, I, I thought I'd have time. I have zero, and I'm not fighting it. No. It just it makes you feel worse. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, oh, my God, everybody's going to go back to Gladwell. Everybody's going to get their hours in. 
they're going to chump me. It's like, nobody's getting their shit done. Maybe, but it probably is garbage because, in my opinion, you know, art and honesty comes from experience. Mm -hmm. So you're not really out in the world living anything. I guess that's not fair. We're all having a shared quarantined experience. So who knows what Mm -hmm. comes from it. But it's, you know, we all have plenty of just, that's not fair. Many of us have distractions in our house that can Mm -hmm. keep you occupied. Um, My God. Not everybody. My buddy, my dad's old college roommate, who's still a good friend to him and a friend of the family, he his ass is quarantined in um, Jacksonville, Florida, because it's he's already immunocompromised. He lives mm-hmm. in an older like community. Oh no! In shit. like a high rise, and there was like a a case of COVID showed up, so they're all in lockdown in their room, straight up prison style. He's allowed to leave his efficiency on the seventh floor of a nine floor building to walk up and down the stairs twice a day oh my god so we all got a pretty good so we're thinking of you out there dale that's for sure and he's got such a good family he raised all these kids they're all in the military like one of his sons is a is a military nurse that's um getting deployed onto one of the you know i forget like there's the u.s comfort or there's the other hospital ship one went to new york and one went to mm-hmm. la mercy so, i think yeah and he was telling me some other crazy shit about stuff we don't even know that's not getting reported on about how our military is quarantining all these specific sectors because like they've been quarantining them for like mm-hmm. months because they've yeah. been aware of the virus so they're like we can't allow our entire fleet of air force pilots to get coronavirus so we're locking right, of course, yeah. down back in January. So like, mm-hmm. and then of course it gets into the conspiracy of like, why why are we specifically ensuring the? It makes sense why we're ensuring the military's health, but and letting all of us, you know, go bump into each other fighting over, you know, toilet paper at Walmart, goldfish. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, what do you say, fellas? Ooh, I got a new uh, outro, courtesy what? of my lovely wife. Hold on, before you hit the outro, I'm gonna give uh, Henning one one last chance, one last chance to to come back. And ninety-eight point six, ninety-eight point six. Here we go, baby. <laughs> what are you going with, fellas? And may, uh, what did you to let everybody know, which I didn't tell you, I am putting a thermometer in my mouth, taking <laughs> my temperature right now. Oh. How heated did he get, or did he cool off during the uh, the plague did, section? Did that Shakespeare get him all hot under the collar? <laughs> He's downed his entire dew. Next mm. pot, I got a, I got some space and science for you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll bring a do some more diving into the corners of the ninety-eight point seven. Oh, me? Mm-hmm. Uh, you said 98.7? Mm-hmm. 98.9. Just a titch hotter. Look at his face. He's all red still, in the face. Still. That's a thermometer, Hans. It's not a kazoo. Stop trying to make yourself hotter. And... <laughs> <laughs> Henning, you said what? 0. 0.7. Casey? 9.9. 9. 
98.5. Oh, you're getting a cooler. <laughs> nice. See, that's what Well, happens. that's good news. You, you, you take Corona on. I'm the fire battling that germ. <gasps> Please don't let this podcast be my in memoriam. <laughs> or do actually how fitting how fitting is that shit yeah you guys gotta promise me that you'll loop this entire podcast actually the entire run of our podcast you will loop ken burns ashikan's farewell behind. oh yeah no and i'll do you one better golden release hit it i'll make sure you get a you get a headstone with a ipod in it just playing jp podcast on a loop in perpetuity that's oh, your that's eternal great. flame Henning, shoot a microchip of the podcast into space for me. Yes, please. Alpha Centauri. Mm-hmm. That will probably, if you did that, and there was um, life on a golden photograph to, towards this planet to annihilate us, they'd be like, guys, not it's not worth my time. Why bother? Come on. Skip it. We got nothing we want. Or, or they'd be like, we got all we need. Let's keep cruising. Let's they drive right by. We got we to finish this episode. We got to finish this episode. We don't want to get out of the ship. They just drive into the sun. And yes, I said drive. They drive the spaceship. Because there's a steering wheel in it. Of course. Of course. And beep boop boppies. Beep boop boop. All right. So the new Corona outro taking us away, written by my wife. Ooh. Stay strong and don't kiss your mom. I like it. <laughs> but seriously, don't. 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 Virtual Zoom. You can Zoom bomb them. Zoom. Oh, yeah. I'm going to Zoom bomb your mom's butt smooth. cheeks. Hey, Ma. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do the next Zoom meeting as soon as, you know, because the, the host has to accept people. I'm just going to be waiting. Bare butt cheeks. Loaded. Actually, I'm going to get all my brothers to do it. Just like, I feel like it's in an old Western where, like, all these cowboys come to town <laughs> and they walk up like they like from yeah. the waist up are hidden and they go to their favorite prostitute and they're like, can you remember which one's donkey? And then she's blindfolded and she just has to give them an old tug. And then this old prostitute is like, be an old West I remember that picker. And then, you don't, I think I might be in a Cuomo fever. Corona. Dream, cor- <laughs> got the Cuomo uh, Western just- fevers. Just you and your brothers hanging out on the Zoom chat with your with your pants down, and then a Zoom a, a troll comes along. Not front backs. Yeah, butt buns. cheeks, of course. Buns <laughs> out. Buns. See if mom can recognize them. And the troll <laughs> troll bomber comes along and says, "What? He thinks he's oh, gonna outdo you? And these you assholes! Are, what if he just because you guys are turned around, you can't see it? Henning, he just stays there and starts masturbating. You always release the best invention of the episode." You need to pitch to Zoom the butt cheek portal. So you automatically have a fake (laughs) set of butt cheek window in your Zoom meeting that's already there that everybody's accustomed to. So when a Zoom bomber comes, he goes, already for everyone. Yeah. For everyone who's not already in the in the meeting, they just see the butt cheek. Right. Who wasn't there at the beginning? Selection of classic butt cheeks. You got your Costners. (laughs) H bomb here with the pre bomb zoom bomb. Should we? That's we really gonna, funny. Is our next Actually podcast having... going to be on Zoom, fellas? Should I send you guys an email and host a Zoom? Jerk right to zoom I don't want them stealing where, my information. Where our favorite uh, listeners can join in to our Zoom meeting. 
for a Zoom cast? It's worth a shot. Is it good? It is worth a shot, isn't it? That's not a bad idea. It doesn't make sure and put a password on that butt cheek portal. It reminds me of most parties I threw, desperately yeah. waiting for someone to arrive, and it's just the three of us. You know what? It's gold either way. It's gold either way. I'm putting it out there for all you'll. No, I was going to say I'll have to put an announcement because I was going to say for all you listeners, I don't want to totally ruin. Our immune systems are already down. I don't want to totally yeah, depress just... them by saying right now on the podcast. Boot on the neck. If you're listening to this, reach out. If you want to get on the Zoom meeting, you're going to have to reach out to one of us on Facebook, email, phone, or whatnot. Guys, our fo- this is Stephen Hawking. Our phones are going to blow mm-hmm. up, but they're going to blow up after record the ep- we record the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to say, thanks for ruining my quarantine. You bunks. <laughs> All right, Casey, what was the outro? Stay strong. Don't kiss your mom. Don't kiss God your mom. damn right. But oh, we love them, and there's nothing they can do about it. But in Casey's background, Joe Average is kissing the snake. It's kind of sexy. Kiss all the snakes. I kiss all the snakes. Cardi B is going to free Joe Exotic, you see. You just wait oh, and see. Oh, that'll be amazing. Or it'll be that scummy lawyer that tried to get the old Macon murderer off. <laughs> yeah. All right, fellas. All right, guys. This is fun. That was fun. It's good to see you. I'm glad you're all doing well. I'll keep you up. Yeah, yeah. On my uh, exercise, my slow exercise demise trademark. Uh, Ex- yeah. Exermise. But I'm, I'm glad everybody's healthy and, and keep being safe. And, and demise or size. Boom. Boom. Demise or size. God, guys. See, we can come. We can. It's always some people will rise. That's our my pillow, demiser size. Demiser size. And all you got to do is Fox News fake, you know, like be an asshole and take advantage of old people that are like f- feeling like they have are you gonna die because yeah, are you dying? Get off your ass. Demiser size. Hold your breath and breathe it out, and hold your breath. You have a fever now. Do 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 and do I'll get the asshole that leads P ninety X. P nineteen X. Yes. C-19X. C- C-19X. All right, that's good stuff. That's, nice. that's can't, can't beat that. No, you sure can't. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Hey, everyone, real quick, H-Face here. I hope everybody out there staying safe, staying smart, staying with those you love and loving those that you're staying with. Oh, that was sweet. Um, I haven't come to you like this in a while um, because I'm busy. You're generally busy and, you know, we all have different life changes. Um, So what I'm asking you, since we all have a little more time, unfortunately, is if you can go ahead and go onto iTunes and give us a rate and actually write a review. and uh, five stars help. If you don't want to give five stars, maybe don't. I don't feel bad about saying that either. But in the review, if you want to tell us what you don't like about the podcast or what you used to like about the podcast, but we don't do anymore, or it's changed. You know, a lot has happened between moves and new families and babies and, uh, you know, uh, uh, how we uh, record the podcast and everything, uh, we could always use some some helpful advice, and we want to give you guys um, what you enjoy because we enjoy giving it to you. 
So with that, uh, we'd really appreciate that, and uh, we really appreciate you listening, of course, more than any, more than anything. So we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it, and we hope you know that. You hear Ruby crying? It's nap time. William Shakespeare is often regarded as the greatest literary artist to ever ink the pen. Yes, there have been the likes of Homer, Dante, and Milton, yet Shakespeare seems to take the top spot time after time. However, what many people do not realize is that there was another, perhaps more prolific poet than even Shakespeare could have aspired to be. In fact, many literary critics and historians believe that his inspiration can be traced directly back and credited to one man. Tonight on the JPP Network, the story of Tony Chadspear, the poet with nary a chance to show it. Don't you know it? I'm your host, Dildo Doodlesby, and you're listening to Miridi Goodbuki. Anthony Brocelli Chadspear was born in the humble hamlet of Sheshtishire, just outside of the cosmopolitan city of Lonnytown, Governor. Many literary historians differ on the date of his birth, 1564, 1565, 1566, 67, 68, maybe 59, or 58, or 60, 61. But one thing is certain, it was a century of plague, and that is where our story truly takes off. The 16th century was perforated by periods of plague, the likes of which many people cannot even fathom by today's standards. 100,000 in 1591, 200 in 1602, 250,000 in 1603, and so on and so forth. Yet, it was in these times of great fear and isolation that great art and writing would take place. This is what many historians theorized happened with Shakespeare's greatest works. Yet, new evidence and unearthed writings and artifacts seem to alter and eliminate the Shakespearean mythos that many thought was mostly set in stone. Or rather, should we say inked in permanence on parchment. For you see, it is now known that Shakespeare had a neighbor that resided not but 200 yards from the bard's back door. Yes, you guessed it, Tony Chadspear. Now for the real acid test. Here is one of Shakespeare's best-known sonnets from perhaps one of his most preeminent plays, Romeo and Juliet, dated 1595. O Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo, 
deny thy father and refuse thy name, or if thou wilt not, be but sworn, my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Tis but thy name that is my enemy, thou art thyself, though not a Montague. What's Montague? It is nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. Oh, be some other name. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title. Romeo, doff thy name, and for that name, which is no part of thee, take all myself. Now, here is a sonnet from Chadspear's play, dated three years earlier, in 1592, entitled Craig and Deb. Hey, Craig! Hey, Craig! Man, where's my Craig? Forget Dad. Your name is dumb. Or just keep your boner name. Just like, let's go steady and stuff. And I'll, like, drop my last name. Ridge hyphen dunt. Yep, Deb Ridge Dunt. It's hyphenated cause my folks split. It's just a name. Like, just your name, Craig. Craig Bundy. That's like the issue. You'd still be Craig in ev even if you dropped the Bundy. What's a Bundy, anyway? It's a sitcom guy. A serial killer. A wrestler named King Kong Bundy. It's not like you're related to King Kong Bundy, right? Oh, man. You need a different name, like Rock Stones, Chest Justice, or Peace Cool Love. So, Craig, like I said, if you dropped the Craig, which is like a shit name, like I said, so, um, you know, drop the Craig, Craig, and you can have my butt. Absolutely masterful. The words roll off the tongue as silk might slip off the loom. It is also worth noting that while this dated manuscript was recovered in Chadspear's last known residence, all that was found of Shakespeare's, dated at the same time, is a cheat code for Monarchy Crossing, a popular game for those evading the plague where one would pretend to pick potatoes, fend off scurvy, and elude feudal lords looking for primenoctre. However, as convincing as this may be, there is yet more evidence. From Shakespeare's famous Macbeth, dated 1606. Act 3, Scene 1. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer 
the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of trebles, and, by opposing, end them, to die, to sleep, no more, and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to, tis a consummation, devoutly to be wished, to die, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub, for in that sleep of death what dreams may come, when we have shifted off this mortal coil, must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. And now, Act Three, Scene One, from Chad Spears' McFrank, dated a mere three months earlier. Yay or nay? That's what I'm thinking about. Feeling lucky, punk? Well, are ya? Or end it, dude? I mean, like you know, when you're sleeping, it's like you're dead. Whoa, dude, like every night we take like a little mini death nap? Crazy, yo. It's like death, or shit, man, it could be like a dream. Like someone else's dream? Like a dog's dream. I'm tripping out, man. But like, when we coyly off this mortal shuff, hit pause on the moat, bro. Mad respect. Cause suffering's only as long as the dawn, and as mean as the peen. Rip, toot, snort. Masterful. Yet, unfortunately, it was the rip, toot, and or snort that cut Chad Spears' life ever so short. For it was discovered, or hypothesized, that old Chad Spear was fond of snorting opium off of black rats' bellies, which was an unspoken, never discussed of, private pleasure at the time. Chad Spear contracted the plague. We know this because of a small journal entry of his we found dated March 16, 1607, three days before his suspected date of death. It reads, Dearest Diarrhea, I feel like big poop. Got me some boobos under my arms that look like tig old bitties. But it could be worse. Yesterday, Shakespeare's window shade was up, and I saw him yanking it to an empty wall. Yep, just staring at a blank wall. And like, it didn't seem like the feeling just hit him like, like hit him in the moment, cause his pants were all the way down around his goddamned ankles. And he was holding his blouse up with his chin, butt cheeks all thin and flexed and squenched. I mean, ugh. Just ugh. Anyway, time for another toot of the old plague stopper. Wink, wink, drugs, wink. Yours cruelly, Chad Spear, having mad beers. Yes, a tragic end to a terrific talent. And now, 
you know the real story of Shakespeare, who kinda seemed like a creep. I'm Dildor Doodlesby, and be sure to tune in next week when we discuss the true influence behind Harriet Beecher Stowe's revolutionary, insightful novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Tom's Uncle Tim, who lived in a garage. Good fluke and good dark. <laughs>